them so much. So, Father, thank you for the word today, and thank you for all that you're doing. Thank you for real life. I pray, God, today that you would speak to us and that you would touch our hearts to just hear you and embrace what you want to say in this hour. I thank you, God, for 20 years of ministry. I thank you, God, for every soul that's been saved, every person that's been baptized, every couple that's been married, even the latest couple, Gordon, everyone that's been encouraged and everyone that's been impacted by this ministry gift. I thank you for all of it. I bless you, Lord, and I ask today that you'd continue to bless your servants. Bless Paul and Leslie Taylor. God, give them many more years of real life and doing what you have ordained and called them to do. And we love you today, and we thank you, God, for the overflow. We just sung about that, and we thank you that it's happening in this place right now. We give you glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Thank you, Portia, so much. I want to talk this morning from two passages of Scripture from the book of Genesis. I want to talk this morning about a principle that I believe is active in our leader's life. I believe that his life uh, models this principle for us. I'm going to try to share it with you as the Lord has given it to me. The key today, I believe, to really understanding the message, and I know this is something that Pastor Taylor teaches about quite a bit, is trying, trying to embrace this thing called process. Trying to embrace the word and trying to hear and learn the word to a place where you understand that God is taking you through a process and that you don't quit or give up at any stage of it. Because you don't just see one step, you see an entire process. And that God would use this word real life to just let you know that, and I want to make this announcement today, and the kids just made this announcement with the dance, that nobody in this church is allowed to stay at the level they're at right now. Now, we can stop and celebrate this. Whatever level you're on right now is going to change. <laughs> I don't know if you heard what I just said. No, nobody, this, this church is so fertile in what God is doing and what God's been speaking and releasing. You're not even allowed to stay where you are. You, you're not allowed to make permanent what God said is temporary. So whatever is happening in your life, just get ready for a, some type of promotion to take place. And, and what I want to tell you in the message today is that even the devil can't stop it. The only person that can stop it is you. And the only way you can stop it is there's something that you're supposed to learn that you just refuse to learn at this level. Which causes you to stay in a cycle of repeat and live and spend years of your life doing something that should only been two or three months. Some kind of way through the word today, if you can find a way to tap into allowing God to teach you the lesson of this level, and you learn it and you master it, it causes you to move on to the next place. So you're the only one that can stop this promotion thing that 
God wants to do in our lives. So let me use two verses to talk about it. I want to use Genesis 37 and verse 24. I want to read two verses. Genesis 37 and verse 24. And then I'm going to read another verse from Genesis. Let's read 37 and 24 together. And they took him. Now think about what you just read. This is Joseph. They take Joseph and they throw him in a pit, but the pit's dry. Thank God it's dry. Because if they would have thrown him in a pit full of water, and if he drowns and dies there, there's no next level. But God is so amazing in that anything he puts us in, he doesn't design, he's not designed for us to die in it or stay in it. So he even touches the circumstances in our bondage so that after a lesson is learned, when it's time, we just get out. So we see Joseph's life and we read in Genesis 37 and 24. We see Pastor Taylor's life. We read it in Genesis. I could say Paul or Joseph. And what real life doesn't know is that I'm sure that many times he comes to this stage and he preaches with power and he runs out of here and everything's fine. But I want to tell you there are moments and there are times in his life when he's been thrown in a pit. And some kind of way there's a lesson that has to be learned. Now, I want to go to Genesis 41 and verse 43. Just two verses. Genesis 41 and verse 33. Now it says... New King James Version. And he had him ride in the second chariot, which he had. And they cried out before him, bow the knee. So he set him over all the land of Egypt. Some of you missed that. The last verse I read, he was in a pit. I just read a verse that says now he's in the second chariot. And he's over everything in the land of Egypt. Which might suggest to us the pit never was about the pit. But the pit was just training for the second chariot. And that maybe all of us are called to eventually ride in the second chariot, have dominion and authority, but there are just some level lessons that we've got to learn on the way to getting there. But we're never to act like we're pit people. And we're never to take on the identity of the pit. We're never to act like the pit, talk like the pit, dress like the pit, because eventually we are going to be in the second chariot. So even in the pit, I'm talking second chariot talk. <laughs> because ultimately, it is the second chariot that I want to ride in. I want to talk this morning from these words. Pastor Paul, when, when, when I knew I was coming here, and I don't want to be real spooky and deep, but I looked at your life, I looked at your ministry, I just looked at everything that I know you've been through, and I've seen how God has taken you from stage to stage. And God gave me these two words, and I'm going to preach about it today. Authentic promotion. Tell somebody that we're going to learn. 
phone in real life. I want y'all to talk. Tell them we're going to learn about authentic promotion. You see, there is a promotion that comes from man. There is a promotion that comes from self. And then there is a promotion that comes from the Lord. And when the Lord promotes you, it is what we call or what I call authentic promotion. And since this is a celebration of a ministry leader, I just think a lot of times in church settings, there are a lot of things that we don't understand about leadership. I think a lot of things people say about ministry and people talk about ministry and people aspire for ministry and people want to be in ministry, but they don't understand it. I think people even struggle to understand the behind the veil type stuff that must go on to really be successful in ministry. And, and I know many times Pastor Paul really makes this look easy. But I want to tell you it's really not easy. And if you're really called and you're really filled with the Spirit and if you really love God and if you really got a heart from God, honestly, a real called man of God is really very afraid. Because at any moment, Moses teaches us with just violation of one principle, God could decide just to take you out. And then let somebody else benefit from everything that you work for. I mean, I mean, one, one day God just looks down at a leader with a thriving ministry and everything's going. You've seen it happen all around the country. You go home and look on the internet and all of a sudden this amazing leader with this amazing ministry in the prime of his life just dies. All of a sudden God just calls a leader up into the mountain and he says, I want you to look over there. That's where I'm taking real life. But guess what? You're not going with him. Because you might have pioneered, but you're not going to engineer. Because this is the season that I'm using someone else for. So, so ministry scary at times, and it's complex at times. And what it really does, Pastor, it causes you to revisit the original purpose God had in mind when he assigned ministry gifts to the body. One of them we find in Jeremiah chapter 3 and verse 15. He says, and I will give you pastors. According to my heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. Let me just focus here for a moment because as wonderful it is, it is going to weddings and marrying people and going to the hospital and visiting people and God knows pastors got to be everything. You got to counsel people and you got to help everybody with their marriage and you got to help them with their kids and you got to help them with money and everybody thinks the church has a bunch of money. So I remember one time someone came to our benevolent ministry and they needed money for their car tag and I said, that's not really an emergency, is it? I mean, you knew every year you're going to have to get that and they got very angry with me because they felt like it was. But 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 sometime, Pastor Paul, I want to say this to you as you celebrate celebrate 20 years. There, there are moments in your ministry where you have to bring things back to the original intent. I found that people will spread you everywhere doing everything and will put everything on your calendar that must be an emergency to you because it's an emergency to them. But what is the ultimate thing that God says a true pastor must do? He says, number one, I'm going to give you pastors, which means real life, your pastor is a gift from God. And he has to be seen as a gift. Which means he's, he's given to me as a gift and I have to learn 
how to communicate and even reciprocate at times with the gift. He's a gift to me. And it's miserable sitting in a church with somebody for 10 years who's not even a gift to you. You don't even like the guy. I mean, you're, 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 you're tormented and, and, and you're miserable. I would say find your gift. Find, find someone that, that unlocks the gift in you and that you can celebrate because God says that when a pastor and a member, I want them to be a gift to them. I don't want them to despise each other. So he says they're going to be a gift. You notice what else he says? They're going to be a gift from my heart. So a true man of God ought to reveal to a church, not just how to wear suits and how to look and how to dress and but a true pastor will reveal to you the very heart of God. Because God says it is through your ministry gift that I'm going to reveal my heart. And then finally, he's going to feed you with knowledge and understanding, which is going to allow you to receive in your life authentic promotion. So for 20 years, Pastor Taylor's been doing that. He's been showing us the heart of God. He's been showing us how to walk with God. And I'm sure many of you have many personal stories about things that you've learned over the years. But, but this is one thing I picked up from him. I believe that like Joseph, he teaches us something about promotion. Something about Paul Taylor that says to us, when it gets tough, keep moving. Something that says when there's a big moment and it's overwhelming you, be bigger than it. Something about sex that him to me that says drag yourself back in the game. Come out of your room, find a way to lift your hands, reach down deep and find the bless the Lord and find a way to keep going, understanding this is only a stage and a phase. And if you ever understand process, nothing lasts forever. So you must develop resilience and keep going because at some point God will promote you. You see what the pastor does is this. The pastor teaches us through his ministry gift and through the word of God, Rhonda, how now to look at my life not just as a continuum of pain. And that's what happens a lot of times. You just look at life and it just looks like this big old mass of pain. But the word of God, the pastor now tactically starts teaching us grades and phases to say, no, your whole life is not pain. This is just three months. And we start learning that and we start watching that and we start seeing. So I can advance even regardless of what I'm going through. And what I want to tell you is that if you tap into the spirit, there is an anointing for every moment. And if you tap into it, you learn that these moments develop something in you and they produce something in you so that you can continue going and you can see what God is really doing in your life. So Joseph, you all know Joseph. You all know him. Pastors preached about him. I've heard him preach many times about Joseph. You all know Joseph, so I don't have to get into all this stuff. I just read two scriptures about his life. The first scripture I read, dude is thrown in a pit. The second scripture I read, he's riding in a chariot. And I want to ask real life today, how does a leader go 
from being thrown in a pit than riding in a chariot. I have even a more complex question for you because somebody is wondering that. Why won't God just put us in the chariot? I mean, why do why don't we even have to wait 20 years to arrive at this moment? Why did it take 20 years to have a rap song with the church's vision? And why, why, can't, why, why does it take 20 years to get that? Why, why can't I just get it all right now? What, what is it about God? Follow me now. That even at seasons, Brother Taylor, he lets the enemy bother me. Why do I have to be hated by my brothers first? Help me somebody. Why can't I just show up one day and be in the second chariot and ride out? Why, why does it take all of these processes and stuff? I mean, okay, so you know the story. My father gives me a little jacket. I get favor. People get jealous and my brothers hate me. And then I get thrown in a pit. Then I wind up in Potiphar's house. The woman tries me and she lies on me. Then they put me in prison. Then I wind up in the palace and I'm riding in the second chariot. And that looks easy to you. But a leader will tell you there are times and there are moments when I was dealing with those stages where I wanted to say to God, you know what? You can have real life. You can have Pope Whitworth. You can have ministry. You can have Savannah. You can have all of that. I am going to take Leslie Taylor to the beach and get a hotel room. I'm not going back. I'm not preaching. I'm going to order me some white juice. Help me, Holy Ghost. I'm going to get me some room service. I'm going to look over the beach. And I know it's Saturday, but I did not bring church clothes. I'm not going tomorrow. Because the more I preach and the more I teach and the more I lead and the more I plan and the more I develop ministry, the more I'm hated by my brothers. I'd rather just sit somewhere and keep my mouth closed. Because this little thing, this little jacket you gave me, has caused hell to break out in my life. I, I, the moments when I wish you would have never given me this jacket because they're jealous because I got it, but they don't know the hell I'm catching. Don't look at me like that. There are moments when I wish I would have never had it. So, so, my message this morning people listening to me right now is before you get frustrated, the Lord wants me to remind you, you're only where you are because there's a lesson that only a circumstance can teach you. You can't get this in college. This isn't on the internet. There was a circumstance that I must create that's perfect, a dry pit. And it is there where you learn how to get the lesson so you can go to the next level. So I see seven lessons in Joseph's life. Number one, 
This isn't going to be something to shout about. You listen to this, Pastor. The first lesson is the lesson of favor. But that's not even some place you can stay. You see, favor real life in Joseph's jacket, I believe, is to show us true salvation, redemption, and sonship. And that is the first stage to promotion. To be genuinely, authentically born again. You see, you can't be in real life and be a bystander and thinking you can participate in what everybody else is receiving and doing. You've got to authentically be born again. The second one, which I want to talk about for a moment, being hated by your brothers, is the class of rejection. Normally people are quiet in church when you talk about rejection because they're in their 40s and 50s and don't know what's going on with them, but that's the very thing they're dealing with. And rejection sends off all kind of flares, all kind of things that you deal with because you were just rejected once. Many times you hurt people and don't even realize it's your own personal rejection causing you to hurt others. And I don't know why, but Joseph has to go through this rejection thing, Charles. I don't know why, but he has to deal with it. I believe there's something about it that's sanctifying, though. I believe there's something about Joseph being rejected by his brothers and thrown in the pit that sanctifies him to a place that by the time Potiphar's wife tries him. I believe it is his prayer, his sanctification, it is his fellowship and communion with God at this level that prepares him for Potiphar's house. And a lot of times we don't understand it. Even in Potiphar's house, we fail that level and we've got to start over. And we don't want the rejection level, but it's all a part of it. Because remember, we are going to the second chariot, but there's some stages. And then there's Potiphar's house. I don't even know if I can say this in church. And I knew when the Lord gave me this message, it would be a little tense moment right because our culture is very sensual. And even among the saved people, believers, many of you I'm talking to, something has made us believe that we're going to be promoted without having sexual morality. I'm going to preach. Because we want to be Joseph and we want to wear jackets and we want to ride in chariots and we want to rule over budgets and we want to be governors. We want to sit in the second seat and we want to be an authority, but we don't want to chasten our flesh. We don't want to say, no, that's off limits. I can't have that. That was not in the dream. You see, what God does, Paul, before he will let Joseph ride in that sexual chariot, he says, before you are a ruler, I need to make sure that you are sexually pure, so I need to take you through this test of Potiphar's wife. He passed that test. He gets thrown in prison. Now, now listen, I'm, I want to preach it like I feel it. It's just rejection at every level. I'm hated by my brothers, rejected. Now Potiphar is rejecting me, and I don't even do anything. Now I'm thrown in prison for doing right. 
If I was like every other preacher, if I was doing what every other preacher did, if I was in the circus, I mean, my God, they got Mercedes, they got BMW, they live in the legends, they live over in Savannah Quarters, they live here, they got this because I'm not fleecing the people and I don't have money lines and I'm not living off the church and I'm trying to do things to help the church myself. Good God, but I'm looking at them and they're doing everything. They got a girlfriend in every county and a wife and the ministry just throwing money at them and it looked like God, I can't get anything done. Maybe I should have just did it, but then it comes and it reminds you that even though you're in prison for doing right, what's amazing, Pastor, is the people in this church come to you to ask you to pray for their loved ones to get out of prison and they did wrong. You're in prison for doing right. And I want to tell you real life, there is no such thing as a prayer to get a pastor out of a ministry prison that God has put him in to teach him something. Ain't no intercessor can get him out. Ain't no prayer warrior can get him out. Ain't no olive oil can get him out. You got to stay there and lose your mind and let God crush you and make you nothing. Watch where I'm going with this. And even in prison, you got to help folk that's going to forget you. With your prison uniform on, you got to minister to cellmates it's going to forget you. But it's all in preparation. Sit in the second chair. But we see these stages of Joseph's life. I want you to write this down and remember this real quick. Paul Taylor teaches. In every stage, Joseph became the leader. when you're divinely called and you're authentically promoted your ministry doesn't just work in four consecrated walls Potiphar's house he rose to leadership now you uh huh but I don't know if you're going to uh huh now many theologians say that Potiphar was a eunuch, which means his wife didn't just want Joseph because she wanted Joseph, she really wanted Joseph. And there was something that Potiphar couldn't provide for. Somebody said, pray the Lord. And here, here she has this young millennial who's under her command. See, y'all mess it up sometimes because we don't always teach it right. It's not that she tips Joseph. It's not like she comes in the nighty and says, here's Joseph, don't you want me? No, no, you are under my command. You missed it. You're under my authority. I'm giving you an order to get in here. 
and handle this business. It is, it is Joseph who rises to leadership that says, even at the sake of obeying your order, there is one greater than you. And here's what you got to say, Pastor. It wasn't so much Joseph might not have been tempted. The Bible says we all are tempted. It is Jesus who does not yield. It's not that Joseph might didn't even want to do it, but can you see a God called leader who's anointed and looks at her, thinks about it and says, you know what? I might even would, but you just wasn't in the dream. I didn't see you in the dream. You're not what God showed me. You just wasn't in my dream. So because you were, if you would have been in the dream, I might have tried it, but you're not what God showed me. Won't you tell somebody and tell them it's not in the dream. It wasn't in the dream. That's not what it showed me. Let me hurry and finish. Let me let me hurry and finish. Because there's some people in real life that should have been promoted by now. But, but you decided, you told yourself in the mirror, I'm going to just stay angry me. I'm going to just be mad me. Unforgiving me. Non-tithing me. Non-giving, non-budgeting me. Non-financial, oh, please. Non-Bible study going me. Non-loving me. Non-serving me. And you're wondering, Sherry, why others have moved on to, to palaces and Potiphar's houses and prisons, and some are even in the second chair. You're still in the first level of your spiritual development because you're getting all the word, but you don't apply any of it. And now you're frustrated and you want the preacher to preach it out of you. You see, I've come to tell you that demotion is a stage of authentic promotion. As you learn how to do something at these levels, God continues to bless you, move you. Let me close this. I wonder how many times over 20 years Pastor Taylor's been stripped of his pulpit. I wonder how many times God has used brothers to make him feel not good enough, not significant I wonder what it is in him that every time he was thrown in the pit with no water made him get on his knees and keep calling on the Lord and God allowing him to grow from one stage to the other. I wonder what it is that causes people to overcome their rejection and come to a place of peace where they can actually see God move doing what he's called. So notice this as I close. In every stage, Joseph never got stuck. I want to show you, uh, Bishop Guns helped me with this. I want to show you a simple example of what I'm trying to preach. Can I use you for a minute, sir? Do you mind? Come on. You're the perfect. 
You can come up here. And uh, the young man right there behind you with the flower dress. Can I can I use you? Can I use you for a second? Here for a second. Face him for a moment. Bend down. I'll help you out. You see, even though we've been called to remain who we are and prepare for the second chance, every time a problem comes, we keep coming down to it. When really the thing that's got us, Rhonda, it isn't bigger than us. The pit's not bigger than me. Potiphar's wife is not bigger than me. The prison is not bigger than me. The butler and baker is not bigger than me. Being forgotten about is not bigger than me. All of this stuff I'm going through in my mind is not bigger than me because God has already declared who I am. But what I do every time a problem is presented, I decide to come down to it. But Joseph didn't do that. Every time Joseph had a problem, instead of Joseph coming down to it, what, what did Joseph do? Joseph said, you're a problem, and I know I got to deal with you, but I'm not coming down to who you are. I'm not going to sleep with you. I'm not going to let you get in my head. I'm not going to let you mess me up. I'm not going to let you mess my mind up. I'm not coming down there to do who you to be where you want me to be. I'm going to stay up here and be you because even though I'm in prison, I'm in a pit, I'm being lied on, I'm in jail, I'm bigger than what's coming my way. And somebody needs to let the enemy know today, this is the last day I'm coming down to deal with my problem on your level. I'm going to stay at my level. Follow me now. Follow me now. One of the reasons Joseph's dad put a coat on him, it was to suggest no matter what you face, don't come down to it. Because I'm announcing that you are an heir and that you are blessed and you have favor, so I don't want you to come down to stuff. I want you to stay big, Paul. Sure, they're going to lie. Sure, you're going to be tempted. Sure, you're going to be in prison. Sure, you're going to be in the pit. But stay big, son. And every time one of these stages is presented to you, instead of coming down, find a way to stay big and stay tall and walk in who you are regardless of what's presented. Because really, in the spirit, it's a little thing and it won't last always. Touch two people and tell them, you got to stay big. You, you got to stay big. Thank you. Thank you. You got to stay big. Somebody take a minute and give him a praise right there.
Oh, you playing with it. You playing with it. I didn't come over here to play this morning. I came to get an anointing on your life. I came so you could stand up in the Holy Ghost. I came to tell somebody, walk big, talk big, act big, live big, real life. You got no right looking your problem eye to eye. You ain't bigger than me. You ain't taller than me. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Take your job. Take the house. Take the money. Take the car. Lie on me. Put me in prison. But I'm still big. Grab somebody's hand. Look them in the eye, shake their hand like you're going to shake it off and tell them all I've been through and I'm still big. I'm, I'm still anointed. I still got power. I still got the glory. I still got a word. I still got the anointing. Oh! Why? Do you keep coming down to stuff? You're going to be promoted. You got to stay big. And every time, Paul, a new thing comes to Joseph. It was this little thing in his life. He was able to get bigger than it. I'm in prison. But I'm bigger than this cell. Potiphar's wife, I'm bigger than a night of fun. I'm bigger than this pit. Because remember what I said in real life. Pastors taught me how not to just see my life as a continuum of pain, but to see stages. And what I realized when I learned the lessons of this level, once, Pastor, I'm in the pit and I learned the lesson, I can go into Potiphar's house. Once I get there and I learned the lesson, I can go into my prison. Once I get there and I learned the lesson, I can come out of prison. At every level, all I got to do is learn the lesson. And God authentically promotes me. So 13 years had passed. A lot of levels had passed. And I closed the lesson reading the Eugenesis 41 and 39. We're right on time, right? Play softly for me, Portia. I'm sorry, you got to get that phone to somebody else now. I closed the lesson. Open your Bible if you want to. Follow me. I'll look at the TV monitors. I want you to get this one, Paul. In verse 39, the king said to Joseph, God has shown you all this so it's obvious. Now, it's, it's hard for me to not break down in this reading this verse. And, and you, don't, you don't understand why. But I'm going to try to. I'm trying to tell you why. I'm trying to finish this and get out of here without it ripping me up. Because I have people coming to me all the time and just talking about how God's using me and Pastor, how you helped me to change this and how you helped me with that. 
how you did this. And Pastor, it's just amazing the word you have and all of that. And it's just like the king or a part of Pharaoh come to Joseph and he say, it is obvious, man, that you got greater wisdom than anybody else. It's obvious you're a real powerful minister. You know what I realized? People think you just go in a room, put on a robe, and come out powerful. If I shared my real testimony, real life, I don't know if you could handle it. If I tell you times I've become so vulnerable and so broken, don't want to go on anymore. And people think you just got up one day and you just prayed and you just got smart and, and ran out there and it all happened. No, you, 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 you've qualified through these levels. I can't tell you the personal rejection I had. I'm not preaching because I was a smart kid. I'm, I'm preaching because I was a kid with low self-esteem. I had to learn I've had to survive ministry pain. I've had to overcome rejection of my brothers. I left a church I pastored for 11 and a half years with all my stuff, trash bags, and being the laughter of the community. Feel good. I preached in the school all the time, 18 months. And some of my preacher friends called me and said, What happened? What's become of you? Going down to nothing. I didn't feel good. the rejection and the pain but I've had to learn lessons at every level maybe if I start you out without a sanctuary by the time you get one you won't worship it maybe if I start you out in the pit by the time you get to Potiphar's house you won't touch her how about this Maybe if I start you out in a pit and you lose your little jacket, you'll see that sometimes favor's temporary. So by the time you get in the saints in the second chariot, you're gonna keep your eyes open then too. You're gonna be riding real humble. Because you remember the last time you got faith. So it's clear that in Genesis 41 and 39, he calls Joseph and he promotes Joseph. I'm going to tell you two things about promotion I learned. I believe the Lord said this to me. Promotion has nothing to do with it being your time or it being fair. Some of you are sitting here right now frustrated because you feel like it's your t it was your time for a certain job. And in most cases, the person that get it are less qualified and doesn't work as hard as you. And you waste five years of your life with your mouth pulled out because remember, you're just going to stay mad you. When in actuality, you can just stay at the level you want and say, well, that to God be the glory. You missed it. Second thing I want to tell you about promotion is promotion learns, a promotion comes when you learn how to stop allowing your situation to define you. You get that tomorrow sometime. When you stop letting your situation determine how you act. You can be broke and cute. 
Now let me see your hand if I got a witness. You can be broke and cute. Come on. Look at somebody and tell them you ain't got to be ugly because you're broken, you know. though. You ain't got to be ugly. You ain't got to look like what you're going through. Come on, let me, somebody, let me see your second chariot look right quick. And see, that's the problem. That's the problem. God says, I'm ready to put you in the second chariot, but when I see you, you look like you're still in the pit. I'm just waiting on you to change something. Come on, I'm waiting on you to get like the chariot look. I'm waiting on you to get some swag like you're ready for your chariot. You ain't got to look like what you're going through. Get, get some Kleenex and brush your teeth. Whatever you got to do. Get you, whatever you got to do. But, but by the time you come out, you got to look the part. I need, I need you to do this real life. I need you to go to three people to tell them you got to look the part. You got you to gotta look the part. You got to look the part. You got to look like you're ready. You ain't got to look like you're in prison. You ain't got to look like, you know, part of a wife just tempted you and you wanted it, but you got away and you got, no, you ain't got to look no frazzle. You can go ahead and look the part. I, I came all the way to real life to tell somebody, don't lose your second chariot look. I don't care what the devil said. I don't care what your mama said. I don't care what your boss said. I don't care how funny your money is. Baby, when you come out the house, look like you about to ride in the second chariot. I wish I had somebody who was ready to be promoted high five somebody and tell them ride or die ride or die ride or die Ride or die, Dick. Either you ride or die. Joe, Joseph told that pit, you ain't bigger than me. He told part of his wife, you done lost your mind. Concerning the butler and the baker, it is what, do what you gotta do. Go on and forgive me. It's my leadership anointing. I lost my father in the worst times of my life. Like most, many of you, when you lost somebody, I was saying crazy stuff. All of a sudden, one day, Pastor, I just, I, I felt something in me switched. And I was able to rise above it. 2010 was a chaotic year for me in ministry. Got up and I rose above it. 
2015, I answered my phone, just walked in the house. My sister's on the other end. She's screaming. She said, Lorraine got shot. Get to the hospital. My niece is in ICU. And why is this happening to our family? One day I reached down inside of me and I found something. You think I'm preaching because I'm going to get rich? You don't think I want to go on some trips and don't come back on Sunday? But it's in the pit where he taught me. Leave you right here. Learned the lesson. I was able to rise above it. Pastor Taylor. Joseph is riding. In the second chariot. He's a prime minister. Charles, he's the governor. He's in charge of commerce. Everything's under his command. The only thing not under his command is the Pharaoh. Everything else is under him. And I leave you with this because a lot of times when we get there, we look back and say, oh God, I thank you. Made it through this. Went through this, God. I'm so grateful I was able to hang in there and pass all the levels. Now I'm there. Praise God. Seems like to me the story ought to end there and I ought to go to my seat. Praise God. And I ought to tell you, it ought to help with the offering. I tell you, one day we're going to be riding our second chair and we're going to be over everything. But there were brothers that had to be forgiven. Joseph gets wind. All this is going on. Father died. Father had told you. You forgive your brother. All of this Richard Joseph's had a place in his life as it relates to his brothers. What he says is amazing because he says something like this. He says, as it relates to my brothers, with all I've been through, he said, don't worry about it, guys. He says, men meant it for my evil. You, you don't hear what I just said. But God, he meant it. Oh, my God, I feel the Holy Ghost. He meant, no, what? You don't understand what I'm saying. A loving, holy God, he meant for me to go in a pit. He meant for my mind to be confused. He meant for me to be tempted. He meant for me to go to prison. It is not something outside of the divine will of God as if the devil took over. God says, no. Joseph said, no. God meant for you to treat me like that. He meant for you to reject me. He meant for you to allow me. He meant for you to throw me in a deep well. He gets big enough to say it had to be like this. He meant it 
for my good. And the story ends like this. And Joseph forgives his brothers. And he teaches us that real promotion is not a chariot ride. Are you listening to me in real life? Real promotion is forgiveness. How many of you right now can just thank God for forgiving you? Just Come on, I mean, how many really can just thank God for as ugly as your life has been, forgiving you? And the real promotion comes when you keep going from level to level. You know why you got to forgive your brother? Because I can't stay at this level, man. You notice all of what Job went through, how his breakthrough came, and he prayed for his friends. And the Lord gave him double for his trouble. Pastor, it had to happen. Rejection, giving you the jacket, taking the jacket, thrown in the pit. Overcoming temptation. Prison. Being forgotten about. And don't get too comfortable in the second chair. As we go from glory to glory. By the Spirit. I want you to reach over and grab somebody's hand. believe the Holy Spirit is doing something in this. Stand up with their hand if you can. Bow your head for a second. I'm going to say a prayer. You to hold that hand. Because I'm going to need them to get promoted. We need them to go to the next level. But there's some stuff they're struggling to overcome. And I believe God sent me over here this morning. Say, let it go. Let it go. I hear the Lord saying to somebody, stop coming down to your problems. Speak to your problems of the mountain. Instead of fussing back on Facebook and email and texting back and forth and sending private messages, I hear the Lord saying, it's going to worship. And come out of worship with a word for me. You're letting people make you little. 
I haven't called you to strife and debate and arguments. I want you to stay in a high place. I want to promote you. I can't put you in the chariot until you know what it's like to help somebody and they forget you. And I'm going to need you not to be angry the rest of your life. I'm going to need you to know I love you. I'm going to need you to know I got you. And I know, I know, I know, I know you helped them. I know you helped the butler. I know you helped the baker. But, but I'm going to need you to trust me. I'm going to need you not to carry that grudge against your brother. I need you to know. Men meant it for my evil. But God meant it for my good. Happy 20th anniversary, Pastor. Thank you, sir, for not quitting. Thank you for being a living example of how to overcome rejection, dry pits, temptation, and friends who forget you. Your ministry to us is a reminder. We learned the lesson. God will take you to the next. Whosever hand you're holding, would you pray for them now? Would you pray out loud? Would you ask God to help them whatever they need to get to the next level? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Now follow me. Work with me a little bit. Work with me a little bit. Come on, pray. Somebody needs to receive what's in this atmosphere. Don't you see yourself coming out of your pit? 
prison can't hold you anymore. Rejection can't hold you no more. They talked about you can't hold you no more, man. You've been set free by the power of God. Don't know how, but you did it. Don't know how, but you did it. Don't know how, but you did it. Sing it with me. Don't know how, but you did it. Made away. Don't know how, but you did it. Now this little part, come on. And you move mountains, come on. And you move mountains, come on drummer. And you call the walls. And with your power, say it real life, perform me. And there is nothing that's him. You can let your neighbor's hand go, go for yourself. And we're standing here only because you may. And you move mountains. And you call the walls to fall. And with your power, perform miracles. And there is nothing. Impossible, and we're staying. And you made up. You. Let me hear your real life. But you did it. I don't know why, but I'm. One more time, and you move mountain. Let me see you praise him. With your power, perform miracles, and there is. If you're ready to be promoted, I want you to take 60 seconds and give God the biggest praise you've given him all day. Come on, real life. Come on, real life. Come on, real life. Shake a praise out. Come on, real life. Stay right there for me. This is the music. Come on. I feel some in the Holy Ghost. I want you to just go into a little march right where you are. Come on. Come on. I feel that thing today. Come on. I want you to march to somebody and tell them this is the march of promotion. This is the march of elevation. This is the march of healing. This is the march of breakthrough. Come on, music. Come on.
I feel it. Come on, go march to somebody. Go march to somebody. This is our breakthrough. This is the scene. Ah! Come on, don't be scared. myself y'all break that down because I want y'all I want y'all to be able to get out on time man sweetie when I'm home and the word comes out and we go into a praise like that some of you don't understand what was happening see some of you before this service you were like that little man looking at your problem. You know what just happened? You know what just happened? When you started praising God, you started getting taller and larger. And you know what started happening? Our bishop told us this. The only reason things have control over you is because they're uncontested forces. You haven't told your pain and your rejection and your problem that they have to leave, so they just stay there. But the moment you point your finger in the face of your rejection and say, that's enough, I had enough in the name of Jesus, we're going to give it one more praise. I want you to go all over this room. Stand up and be a man. Stand up in the Holy Ghost. Here's what I want you to do. On the count of three, I want you to get big in the spirit. I want you to give him a big praise in the spirit on the count of three. And I want you to praise him like you're looking at everything that's defied your marriage and defied your problem and defied your children and defied your finances and stop your promotion and tell him enough is enough. I'm standing up to you. You ready? One, two, three. And we're standing here only because And we're standing here only because And we're standing here only because You made a way Hallelujah Thank you, Real Life, for letting me share what was on my heart today. I didn't know how this message was going to fit a celebration like this. But I stopped preaching years ago. Please, people. All I want to do now is hear him say, well done. 
That's what this is about to me. I want to ask why you're standing. Anybody in this room never had a jacket put on you? Very simply put, putting a jacket on you mean the Father says you're mine. You may go through some stuff, but you're on your way to the second chariot. I want to make sure everyone in here is saved today. I want to make sure you said yes to Jesus.